Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show, friends. Uh, we've got a great show for you this week. America's on trial with the fraudulent indictment of President Trump by a Marxist Soros-supported New York District Attorney. We learn more every day just how bad things are for the law-abiding citizens like us of the United States of America. J6 political prisoner John Strand is my guest this week. And from his website, he says, and I quote, corruption and selective prosecution are the hallmarks of a totalitarian regime. They excuse their behavior by classifying it as lawful, but they arbitrarily determine when, where, and who to apply only those laws to that advance their agenda. And they maliciously change and control both definitions and access to information. Thanks to Tucker Carlson, we can see they knowingly lied and actively hid exculpatory evidence and explicit and outrageous violation of the law. In reality, this is a complete subversion of the rule of law, violating the sacred constitutional principle of equal protection. They operate using lies and confusion to keep the public compliant and to crush any dissent, close quote. John faces 24 years in federal prison because he was convicted in the D.C. political court system on J6 charges. John Strand, welcome to the Rob Manus Show, sir. Thank you for having me, Rob. I'm so glad to be here. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. I wish I wish it was uh, in better circumstances, but uh, you know, Trump is <laughs> <As> now <do> <laughs> Trump, uh, President Trump, has now surrendered to the Marxist District Attorney in uh, Manhattan. Uh, it uh, looks like the uh, uh, the uh, indictment is 34. Uh, felony counts. Uh, a friend of mine that uh, we follow each other on Twitter uh, named Mike Cernovic is an attorney. Uh, and he said he recently he's reviewed the indictment and it's basically a cut and paste 34 times. And it's absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous. As a J6 political prisoner, though, you're my first one to interview since uh, uh, Trump's surrender uh, on that indictment. So Give us your thoughts on that, uh, and what do you think's going on with what's going to happen with the country? Well, what's going on is pretty clear. Um, as you read off the website, uh, the rule of law is being completely subverted. It's 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 being uh, bent and and twisted into a weapon that's being applied against anyone who is is uh, brave and bold and daring enough to challenge the system, to challenge the regime to challenge the permanent entrenched power class in Washington, D.C. Of course, President Trump uh, is the tip of the spear and really the, the hammer that has started to bust some cracks into that, into that swamp system. And so they hate him for it. And that's been the story since he showed up on the scene um, coming down that escalator. So we, we know what's going on. What's coming? Where's this all going? Of course, those are dif more difficult questions to answer. Um, but I know where I'm going. Uh, I'm, I'm here on a path uh, of seeking truth and justice in the true classical sense of those terms. Um, and I'm not going to be dissuaded by, certainly by fear and intimidation, nor by confusion and the manipulation of um, a, a very deceptive media system and big government, big tech uh, monopoly uh, that is, is really working um, in collusion, as we've seen thanks to uh, Elon Musk and the Twitter files and other revelations that have really pulled the hood back on the, the deep and dark deceptions going on that are that are 
unfortunately misleading a lot of people. Um, but truth comes from a single original source. And I draw on that heavily to determine what actually is true and false. And that is my shield and my sword of salvation. And uh, I'm grateful for that foundation as I traverse this difficult path uh, in the J6, um, J6 political persecution hoax. That's uh, incredible that you you still sound so positive. I mean, I'm hearing from people, you know, uh, we're finished. Uh, we can't come back from this. Uh, uh, to hear somebody that's actually uh, uh, being a persecuted citizen uh, by this injustice system that we now have in the United States, uh, uh, at least for conservatives or people that oppose the regime narrative, uh, is... Uh, it's really, it's uplifting and it's, uh, it's heartening. Uh, uh, as, uh, just like you, I'm a Christian. So I know, yes. I know who's in control. That's right. And, uh, and even though it breaks my heart that the United States constitution that I served is being violated every day uh, and the nation is not doing what it was designed to do under that constitution, which is protect Liberty, protect security and ensure equal treatment under the law for every citizen. Uh, I know that we can, uh, we'll overcome this eventually. It may not be in, even in my lifetime, but the United States will overcome it. Uh, it may not so, even be in mine, but we, yeah. nevertheless, we have to maintain um, that sober mind, uh, but that hopeful spirit. Um, the, the Bible calls us to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So we, we should remain um, seeking God's truth and his righteousness and uh, maintain that spirit of hope and really press forward. But we also cannot be foolish or naive as far too many citizens have been, even in yeah. the you know, conservative quote unquote camp or the, the, the swath of society we generally consider to be moderate good people. Um, mm -hmm. there is, there's far too much ignorance and far too much apathy. And frankly, there's far too much cowardice. Uh, and, and, and the Bible is very explicit about those things. If you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Uh, that's that's not a political answer. That's that's a very harsh reality yep. that we also find in Scripture. So, absolutely, and, and that gets me to why I, I'm so excited to talk to you. I read your story, and uh, I had not honestly read it before uh, before the, the folks put it in front of me. But uh, so, tell the audience uh, uh, that uh, why were you in? Washington, D.C. and at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Yeah, I have a bit of a unique story. I was actually there on assignment. I'm the creative director at America's Frontline Doctors. I hope your audience is familiar with that organization. They are. Um, it's been doing tremendous work for the last couple of years. Um, and, and actually, prior to uh, meeting and working alongside of the founder, um, I was really just doing my own thing, living my own life pre-lockdowns. Um, I've been a lifelong artist. Uh, so I was working in Hollywood as an actor, working overseas as a model and doing these kinds of things. But um, in 2020, the lockdowns essentially en ended my career and, and really brought the entire world to a screeching halt. And I, I knew instantly, and I mean February of 2020, when these rumors were swirling, that this was a total lie and propaganda. Um, I, I just I was I, I knew that based on just a common sense upbringing and also spiritual insight that my parents raised me uh, to have, you know, relying on the Bible and the God of word, the word of God. Uh, so I, I knew these were lies and I knew this was the encroachment of tyranny in real time. So I uh, helped to launch the Beverly Hills Freedom Rally in the year of 2020, mm -hmm. which became really vibrant and successful. O over 20,000 people in the month of October alone 
Uh, and it was, it was quite a phenomenon. And uh, really, it, it, it inspired and invigorated me. And I saw so many thousands of people united, um, not behind per, a political candidate per se. We didn't call it the Trump rally or, or anything along those lines. We called it the Beverly Hills Freedom Rally because freedom is essential, as we like to say. And uh, so that activity got me involved with other people that were really willing to put their life on the line and put their reputation and their careers at stake uh, because very few people really were and still are. And I felt God calling me to do that, even though at the time it was a surefire recipe to completely tank, you know, any career I had in Hollywood and, and otherwise. Um, but it, it was just a moment where doing the right thing was more important and it was necessary. And so I did my best to do that. And I, uh, I got involved with uh, Dr. Simone Gold, who's the founder of mm -hmm. AFLDS and was working alongside of her in January 2021 when she had an East Coast speaking tour. Uh, number of speaking dates, including January 5th and January 6th in the Washington, D.C. area. And on January 6th, she was a scheduled speaker at a rally with a government approved permit. And I was there providing uh, support and security services to her. And January 6th was literally me doing my job. From start to finish, I did my job admirably, honorably, appropriately, professionally. I have nothing to apologize for or be ashamed of. And I certainly did nothing of a criminal nature the entire course of that day. I also uh, observed and complied with any and all instructions from law enforcement whenever I saw or received them. Um, so I'm not guilty by the legal definition of any crime because crimes require mens rea, the intent, and right. that a number of practical elements of the crime are met of your own volition. Um, and that wasn't true in my case. So I'm not guilty of anything. But even more importantly, um, uh, you know, I was there alongside of over a million other American citizens to exercise our constitutional rights of assembly and, um, and uh, speaking our mind and our opinion and our concerns about political processes. And in this case, um, a very concerning uh, 2020 election that was fraught with a lot of evidence of, of illegalities and fraud. So, uh, okay, leads me to the next question mm -hmm. then. What charges were you brought up on? So they charged me with five counts, including a 20-year felony for obstruction of justice, as they colloquially refer to it as. Um, however, it's very dishonest, and it's the wrong statute legally. It's Title 18, Code 1512, and the title of that actually says witness tampering. It's a law written uh, related to an Enron scandal for you know, a courtroom right. scenario uh, to prevent um, intimidation or blackmailing of witnesses. It, it's literally not the right piece of law whatsoever, even if there was an illegal attempt to overthrow a government, which is absurd, absurd um, or a, a pre-planned uh, violent action con uh, to storm or overwhelm the Capitol, none of which you know, none of which is true. None of those things were conspired about or pre-planned, not, not on my part, and I don't think on uh, the vast majority of the million people who innocently simply went there uh, mm. to, to rally and support their president and their country. So. so so, did your team and Dr. Gold ever get to the permitted rally site? We, uh, we, yes, we did. We reached approximately the area called Section 8, which is where our rally was scheduled to take place. However, once we reached that area, 
we didn't see a stage or a, a clearly designated spot for the speeches to happen. And someone in our group said they got a, a call, like literally as we showed up around 2 p.m. ish uh, and mm -hmm. said, oh, it sounds like they're just canceling all the speeches for the entire day. And mm -hmm. that was bizarre. It was totally confusing because we had just marched there for the speeches. There were tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people behind us marching to come and hear those speeches. Uh, there were Congress people, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, Lauren Boebert, and many other notable uh, public officials and, and influencers that were there to give speeches for hours during the afternoon. So none of that made any sense. It was bizarre and confusing. And we were only there for a few moments before the crowd that was building started to shift towards the steps of the building. Uh, and so Dr. Gold didn't know what else to do and was compelled to try to at least get the crowd's attention and try to give her speech. She's a very determined woman and that's what, mm -hmm. that was her job that day. So uh, she, she got to the steps. I escorted her to make sure she didn't get hurt. And the crowd continued to build at that time quickly because like I said, a million people in the city that day, hundreds of thousands at the Ellipse were marching over and that crowd filled up and then pressed towards the, uh, the steps and the doors. And after a few moments, we got caught up in that, in that mass of humanity and were pushed and unable to escape that. And then a couple minutes later after that, there was a terrifying bang that just completely took us by surprise, uh, scared us, panicked the crowd as it would. There were munitions suddenly being fired with no warning and seemingly with no reason because the crowd had been boisterous and excited, but entirely positive and peaceful uh, as far as we could tell at that point. And once the, the what we now know are the police, Capitol Police started firing munitions and panicking the crowd and essentially attacking them and whipping them into a frenzy, things became more contested and more concerning. I still wasn't able to get out of the crowd or extricate Dr. Gold. So we were trapped there for a few moments until suddenly the doors opened from the inside, which relieved some pressure there and we got pushed in. Um, so at that point, we took stock of the situation. We couldn't leave right away. Um, we stayed within the main public hallways of the Capitol building peacefully, just sort of tried to find a safe exit. And um, sometime later, some, some police officers helped us to figure out how to get out. And then we kindly obliged and left the building once uh, they provided safe exit to do so. And that was our experience or our tour of the Capitol, as my friend Grant Stinchfield likes to say. Did you uh, did you witness any of the protesters beating on police officers? No, I I, did. I, I, I saw uh, I personally witnessed no, no act of criminality, violence or otherwise. The one thing I saw somebody do. Uh, was was trying to break a window uh, briefly at one point, um, and the crowd self-policed and tried to pull him back away from doing that. Otherwise, I did not see anything that was overtly violent and certainly not criminal. Um, I only saw a few police officers during the course of that process of getting pushed inside, um, and they were just sort of trapped in the crowd like we all were, but no one was uh, trying to hurt them in any way. In fact, one police officer who testified at my trial um, was uh, apparently his, his arms were pinned amazing uh john you broke up just a little bit there uh uh did you see police officers being violent against any protesters or, or was the area it sounds like the area you were in it was just it was, it was very peaceful except for 
the motion and the momentum of all these people uh, got people to the inside of the building once the doors were opened. Well, and, but a few minutes before the doors opened, we were attacked by the police. Um, so I would describe the crowd as positive and peaceful, albeit um, energetic and boisterous. Um, and, and basically like a mosh pit at a concert is very much what it felt like physically. That was the energy of the event as well, because there's this anticipation, like somebody would speak or it, I could see people in front of me who were looking inside of the glass windows of the inner doors on the east side. And they seemed to be looking mm -hmm. in, wondering, are there people inside and are the doors going to be opened and will they let us in? I couldn't see or hear anything specifically to understand what was really going on other than just observe the crowd. But my thought process at the time was, I certainly couldn't extricate myself or Dr. Gold away from the crowd. And I didn't see hardly any police officers. And there, I knew that there were, like I said, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in, in the area. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought that was strange, but I also thought more police officers would come and help direct the, the, the and dissipate the crowd. Um, and when the doors opened, the only logical thing for me to think was, I suppose someone decided it's best to just open the doors and have people come in and then organize and have them, you know, leave or, or go as they're directed. So that's all I could understand. Um, also, I didn't have an option. Mm. I was pushed in by a mass of humanity at that point. So, yeah, yeah it sounds like you, you have, uh, based on your eyewitnessing, uh, the point at which, uh, you know, the crowd got out of control uh, and there were this, this, what people call a riot, you know, the factually, uh, right. a, a small riot right. uh, started occurring is when the police officers fired munitions into exactly. the crowd. That's that what exactly. I've long, I've long thought that based on the initial re video recordings of some of the independent media that, yes. were, that, that recorded it. Uh, and then based on the releases uh, that Tucker Carlson has been doing, I've long thought that that was the initiation of, uh, of uh, uh, you know, tension between the police yes. officers and the citizens. Yes, I don't know point. if you've seen the if you've seen the documentary done by um, my friend Josh Philip Joshua Philip at, at Epic Times called "The Real Story of Jan Six and, mm -hmm. and Joe Hanneman, both excellent reporters. And that that documentary is accurate and it's incredibly illuminating and informative. And my eyewitness account directly matches the observations and reporting that they made about the um, the the facilitation of uh, events and the escalation of tension and an eventual violence that did occur because of uh, government agent involvement. And they actually document uh, specific use of force policy violations by uh, police officers and government agents. Um, and that's not just a passing comment. That's, you know, there's laws and rules and protocols in place for a long time. And so they measured that and, and, and involved a, uh, a credible expert witness on, on those matters. And yeah, there's no doubt, especially as we've had time to dig through the evidence and pull back the curtains and reveal hidden footage that the government d d depart DOJ dishonestly withheld, illegally withheld. Now we're seeing a more full picture, right? Mm -hmm. but, but we've had a totally inaccurate, incomplete and distorted picture for two years now. Meanwhile, the you know unselect committee, J6 committee, um, is doing these primetime Hollywood edited uh, mm -hmm. obviously total pure propaganda garbage pieces for the entire country to see. And they're filming all this and, and, and showcasing this on loop on every television in sight in Washington, D.C. So every resident of Washington, D.C. is living this movie, this 
fake false movie version of January 6th painted as a violent insurrection. And that's what people see for two years. That's what they want to believe in DC because that's the kind of people that live there. And they have no other reason but to believe that based on what they've been told by their government and by the media and by basically everything around them. For two years, they've been seeped and brainwashed in these lies. Well, the jury pool in Washington in the District of Columbia is heavily blue anyway. Yeah. It was uh, so, it was already yeah. not fair and, and politically biased, <laughs> yeah. but th- but this made it even far worse. Yeah. So so you went through the courts system. You you decided that you were not going to accept a plea deal. What Correct. was your thought process on that? I'm glad you asked. It's one of the most important components of my story. But it's actually also one of the most important components of the entire J6 lie. Mm -hmm. And that is the plea deal. The J6 plea deal is a hideous, uh, evil deception and a weapon that the DOJ used against the people um, and and against the the actual rule of law. I, I like to call the DOJ the Department of Jihad because this is not justice. It really is a jihad against uh, innocent American citizens and specifically against political dissidents or those who would dare to speak their own mind and challenge the narrative and question the government, um, which again is our sacred right, but they, they literally want to demonize that and make you seem to be uh, a criminal if you would dare question uh, or confront your government. And it, it, it's actually patriots that do that, not criminals. Yeah. Um, but I, I rejected the plea deal because like I said, the plea deal is a lie and not just any lie. Um, when you sign a plea deal, you don't just say, okay, I'll admit I'm guilty. You say, okay, everything that the government said about what happened, I agree with. And I sign my name legally as a matter of record that this ex- exact accounting of everything that the government has said is true. And I agree with it. And I'm putting my name and reputation and my legal livelihood on the line. If you read the plea deal, small, the fine print, devil's in the details, and you read what the government said about January 6th, they're telling all of these defendants, now mind you, they've arrested, what, about 1,000 people and about 1,200 more scheduled. That's right. Over 1,000 people now that they've arrested and they're forcing all of them to sign this plea deal that says, I knew in advance before I even got there on the grass in the plaza that it was restricted, it was illegal for me to even step foot in that area, and I did it anyway. Mm. I knew it was illegal to be inside the building and I, I did it and I wanted to I wanted to be there. And I essentially I wanted to commit a crime and I wanted to plan this event in advance to take over the, the government and institute an insurrection. Oh, you know, just it's insane. It's totally really that, that is literally part of every plea deal. Yes. Read read wow. the plea deal fine print. It's unbelievable. It is disgusting. It's it's absolutely false. I can promise you the vast majority of people who sign those plea deals don't believe a single word of what they said. And right. So they didn't just torture each individual defendant. They built up an entire, you know, war chest of a thousand confessions, essentially, give or take and more Mm -hmm. coming. But all these confessions to say, look, it was an insurrection. It was a violent crime. It was a conspiracy. These people knew it was illegal and they did it anyway. They had all of this as 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 ammunition to fire in their war against the people. This is a war against the people. Um, and they're being mowed down and these false plea deals are part of that ammunition. So I understood what this was and I was unwilling to participate in this war against my own citizens. I was unwilling to perpetrate the government's lie. 
It was a total disgusting lie. And I knew this from the start. I was there. I saw what happened, what didn't happen. I saw mm-hmm. how they were using omission bias um, and withholding pieces of evidence and parts of the truth. I saw how they were manipulating things on social media, even manipulating evidence. There's, there's, there's actual evidence coming out of the government, the FBI, the DOJ, manipulating, doctoring evidence, not to mention withholding it illegally from defense teams and the public at large. Uh, yeah. So there is just so much de- deception and malfeasance, and I was unwilling to participate in that system. And I, I knew I had to reject the plea deal because, again, number one, I'm innocent. And number two, it was part of a larger operation uh, to deceive the entire American people and to demonize a whole segment of the people in order to further their agenda, which is really to create a caste system in America. It's political apartheid. And to describe, in this case, MAGA patriot citizens or whoever the disfavored class is as subhuman so that the rest of the country can feel um, justified and virtuous by hating them and by imprisoning them and by destroying them and their families and their lives. And, and that's where we find ourselves right now. Now, see, what you just described, uh, your actions are what patriots do. You know, patriots stand up to this kind of stuff. Yes, sir. Uh, and, yes, sir. Uh, we must. Unfortunately, most people are taking the deal. Most and I the understand the, the pressure is enormous, Rob. I mean, it's a 20-year felony. So yeah. even my own, my own friends and family, my parents, my legal team, uh, conversed with me at length, even pleaded with me um, because they don't want to see me with a felony and they don't want to see me facing 20 years of prison. Um, who would? That's that's terrifying. It's terrible. It's a travesty as an innocent person to be facing that. Um, and, and I, so I understand the pressure and, and people have livelihoods and families and et cetera. But at the end of the day, you know, what I, what I have, I've started to say is uh, the only thing necessary for evil to win is for good men to play it safe. And that's, right. that's it, that really is true. And so at some point, if we don't stand our ground and draw a line and say, you shall not pass and you shall not push me past this line, then we will just continue to be pushed and we will fall off the cliff. And the cliff is very close. I mean, we just arrested a former U.S. president, current leading presidential candidate for our next election. And we're allowing this system to politically persecute illegally interfere in an upcoming election under the ruse of, you know, the no one's above the rule of law, you know, except the corrupt government officials who are wielding the law as their own personal club and bludgeoning those who stand in their path, who would dare to challenge and yes, even expose them in their wicked deeds. And so, yeah, and the, and the current yeah. president, you know, who the last president wanted to investigate, uh, but, Everybody, even his own administration, his own attorney general is like, no, that's that's outside of the norm to investigate a candidate for the presidency. That would not be the right thing to do. Uh, And that man has just been arrested and indicted and arrested and is being pulled on on uh, no pun intended trumped up charges. I'll just say it right now. That's what my opinion is. And I'm not an attorney either. But when uh yeah, when my, somebody like Mike Cernovic is says, I've read the indictment. It's thirty four cut and pasted uh, situations, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, Cernovic uh, is a great guy, smart man. He yeah. knows what he's talking about. Many lawyers have reviewed this. It's garbage. We all know it's yeah. garbage. There's no, yeah. there's no disputing this. 
Um, the, the question isn't about if the indictments against Trump are legitimate and, it, it, and if this is about upholding the rule of law. The question yeah. here is simply who is going to wield power more effectively? That's the, quest the question at stake. It's the only question we really should be asking and answering right now. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, the answer is, is not the right answer. The, the, the radical leftists and the Marxist insurgency in this country is wielding the levers of power, weaponizing it and bludgeoning their opponents. And right now, by and large, the conservative political establishment, which is mostly corrupt and, you know, it, it, it's a controlled opposition. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, there must be some patriots here and there somewhere. And it is time for them to rise up and stand up strong. President Trump is certainly a patriot. He's doing that. And I'm very grateful for his uh, courage and fight in that manner. Uh, and I certainly support him in that sense. Uh, and uh, I'm doing my best to be courageous and to do what I know is right in the lane that God has given me to do it. And that's what really drives me at this time. And, and I hope it will inspire other people to, to do the same. Absolutely. Absolutely, John. You know, one of the troubling things, though, is that, uh, you know, this judge should have thrown this case out immediately when it hit his desk. Uh, of course. In, in, in a real justice system like we used to have, that judge, regardless of politics, would have done that. And, and news broke uh, right after uh, Trump uh, uh, Trump's appearance uh, that that judge had made political donations to Act Blue uh, and uh, one to Joe Biden, one to uh, uh, to a, an activity to get Donald Trump, uh, and then another one to some progressive thing. So. Uh, so my, one of my questions I wanted to ask you, since you went through the trial process mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, and I've interviewed a lot of people that have, have, that have haven't been through the process as a defendant, but have been watching and observing uh, and, and to a to a man and woman, they say the problem with the J6 uh, trials are the judges. Yeah. Yeah. The prosecutors are are doing these crazy things like this plea agreement that. They tried to get you to sign and all right. that stuff and withholding exculpatory evidence. But it's the judges that are letting them get away with it is what these folks are saying. And one one individual calls them it's thugs, true. calls them thugs. Well, uh, did, I, did you feel abused by the court? Uh, and I mean, the judges actions or inaction, willful inactions th throughout this process. How did you right, see so that? Well, I'll answer your question broadly. I'm, I'm not going right. to be specific because I'm right. still in the process, right? Um, but but broadly, absolutely. First of all, the, the, the judge has all the power. So a, a judge is the final authority in that environment. Mm. And so the, essentially the buck stops with him, so to speak. Now, the DOJ is highly dishonest. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's abhorrent. I can tell you personal stories just from my trial. Um uh, and that is illegal. It is inexcusable. It's deplorable to use uh, <laughs> a loaded word, but, but that is what it actually is. This is an actual case of deplorable behavior. Um, agents of our government that are supposed to serve the people and specifically in this department are supposed to uphold justice equally for all citizens. They are consciously, knowingly lying about defendants. They did it to me. So I know they're doing it all over the place. Uh, that's disgusting. Um, but they're also just manipulating the law and, and the process in an inappropriate uh, and, and dishonest way. And the judges can see that because they weren't born yesterday. So right. they're they're allowing it. And yes, they are culpable for that. I mean, that rests on them. And so speaking broadly, 
Um, I can tell you that I mean, this is not a newsflash, but the Washington, D.C. court system is entirely uh, uh, incredibly biased. I, I mean, the, the, the court system is a, is a microcosm of the entire D.C. area, which voted well over 90 percent hard left for some, you know quite a while now. And certainly in recent times, voting entirely for mm-hmm. Joe, the bum Joe Biden. Um, and uh, so in terms of their political affiliations and, and the way they conduct themselves and the, the verdicts being reached in the, in the court system, um, it, there's no question. This is a totally um, unreasonable, unfair and, and, and harshly biased system. And I think there's an, an unbelievable amount of evidence of outright corruption in, in terms of, again, if a, if a Department of Justice agent is lying about a defendant, if they are bringing charges of Title 18, Code 1512, which is not even the correct statute. And of course, mm-hmm. we filed motions to dismiss it. And all of the judges in D.C. are, are, are declining those uh, uh, motions and say, no, we're going to allow the DOJ to press charges on a 20 year felony um, that, by the way, if you read it, it says witness tampering. Um, excuse me, what? This is this is absurd and it's obscene. It's, it's not just ridiculous, but it's completely dangerous. Uh, it is causing myself and many other J6 defendants to have their reputations ev- eviscerated, their lives mm-hmm. d- disintegrated, um, their families destroyed, uh, people imprisoned. The, 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 the cost and the death toll here is staggering. And, and people have literally died from this. Uh, Matthew Perna, a patriot and a hero yeah. uh, who lost his life. And there are others. So this is no this is no small thing. This is one of the deepest, darkest most evil moments in our modern American history. Um, and the DC court system from the DOJ and, and the judges all together are a huge part of it. So yes, it's, it's a very disturbing situation and it needs to be exposed and, and addressed. Certainly does, man. I mean, uh, the, my next question was about, uh, you know, ha, ha, you know, ha, how has your life been since, you know, becoming a J six political prisoner outside of the judicial system, which is a travesty. Yes, but that's that's a great question. Thank you for answering it. And it's really important for people to understand this, that the the the, the process is the punishment and the pain doesn't stop outside the courtroom. It's just getting started. So I, and I, of course, I don't mean this uh, to complain uh, or anything like that. Um, and it's not just me. There are like almost a thousand defendants now and another thousand on the way. So many, many people are experiencing unbelievable amounts of, of punishment and pain and just total devastation. Um, from the moment I was arrested, uh, of course, I, I was uh, smeared publicly in the media. I, I was, you know, like I said, working in Hollywood at that time. So th- there were public uh, consequences for me um, mm-hmm. and, and for many others losing their jobs because of the pushback. Uh, I lost my entire career in, in digital life. Really, I was digitally assassinated where almost every public profile that I had online vanished in 48 hours after that event. And if, for myself, that those, those profiles and platforms are the foundation of my career. Like my entire body of work is there. It's how I connect and attract clients and, 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 and jobs, yeah. et cetera. So they basically erased my life. Uh, and then the, whatever life I put back together over the last couple of years has been attacked and, and very painful in a number of ways. Um, so, yeah, the, the point being that the punishment is far, 
far beyond just what you think you're seeing in a courtroom setting or, or a trial. Um, it's, it's terrible. And of course, it's completely unjust because most of these people are not criminals. I certainly am not. Uh, and, and people being punished for crimes they didn't commit should really disturb any American, no matter what your political affiliation is. Um, as, as you mentioned a minute ago, the, um, the, the, this, the problem here is that we have an unequal system of justice, a two-tiered system of justice. So they declined to prosecute previous presidents, but then you know this garbage that's passed the statute of limitations and a previous federal prosecutor looked at it and said, this doesn't amount to a real crime prosecutor, it's ridiculous. And then years later, a state prosecutor is, is going to try to play, you know, funny tricks with this stuff for yeah. a political stunt. So he can make himself famous and try to put, you know, I slapped arrested on President Trump and he'll have that in the Wikipedia forever. It, it, it's disgusting. It's disingenuous. And, and, but it's destructive to our American system. This isn't just an attack on President Trump. January 6th isn't just an attack on me and the thousand other January 6th defendants. This is a direct assault on what the constitutional republic of the united states of america is and what it represents and how it functions this is this is tearing the literal fabric of our country to shreds and that is going to have enormous repercussions for your grandchildren uh, for your children it, 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 the, the percussions the the, the the consequences are are costing us dearly now uh, but it is quickly going to become far worse and i really hope people understand that i hope they take that to heart yeah, I mean, I'm not afraid of any of these yahoos, but what I fear for is is my children and grandchildren and their children and grandchildren yes. uh, who, who will not have the opportunity to grow up in a country like I grew up. And even with all of its problems, uh, you know, it was still uh, the United States uh, based primarily on the Constitutional Republic in the Constitution, uh, which was based on the Declaration of Independence and those values of protecting liberty, protecting security, equal treatment under the law, law. Uh, you know, the ability to have private property, uh, you know, to be able to speak and think freely, even to ask that for, you know, address your grievances to the government of the United States uh, as a right, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, and this, uh, you mentioned it, this is ripping the very fabric of the nation uh, uh, apart in such a way that, uh, I have grave concerns for my children and grandchildren because of it. Uh, and there appears to be no accountability on the horizon, John. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully you will have some civil court recourse and you have the resources to do that or can get them uh, against these people that, that did the digital assassination because that shouldn't be allowed. Correct. Uh, you know, in the, in the, in the world of right and wrong, it's just wrong. It's wrong, you know. My existence, uh, you know, and and what little uh, little bits of, of pennies that I get off of this stuff is based on a digital uh, identity and presence now, uh, and uh, uh, even as old as I am. So, you know, for them to disappear me like the Soviets used to disappear people to the Siberian gulags uh, physically—that's essentially digitally what they've done. Uh, and then on top of that, the yes. Stalinist like show trials coming out of the District of Columbia. It's it just I shake my head every day and go, the judges are the last line of defense of this, this against this kind of thing. And even Trump appointed judges are going along with it uh, uh, and letting it happen. So it's just it's just really incredible. When is your sentencing supposed to happen? Uh, it's currently scheduled uh, coming up in, in next month in May. And so we're looking into yeah. um, the filings for that in the timetable. 
And um, yeah, it's, it's the next big step in the process. But before we even get to that, we really need to uh, apply more pressure uh, on the public generally and on, on Congress who we elect to represent our interests. And so as an American public, we need to demand a stop to this madness. I'm, and I really mean that. Like, this is, this is absurd. This is way beyond the pale. This is way past the point of, you know, no return. So we, we better figure this out quick. All of that footage needs to be made public. Um, c Congress needs to take definitive action to, to, to I mean, stop paying the bills. Uh, mm -hmm. They have the power of the purse. So stop funding the rest of the government until they get their acting gear and stop weaponizing institutions against American citizens. Uh, um, and, and hold people to account. You can't withhold Brady evidence and then send them to prison and throw the key away. You need to, you need to break them out of prison and throw that trial out and perhaps consider a fresh new trial. But, but you can't be, you can't just sit on these trials and these convictions when you broke the law and withheld Brady material. Like that's not how the rule of law works. So we need to apply pressure to, for accountability and to actually truly enforce the rule of law. And these, you know, judges particularly are, they, they seem to be impervious to, uh, um, impervious to anything is no one can touch them or do anything about it, uh, but they do care about their reputation in the public uh, mm -hmm. because people just generally do. That's a, a fact of human nature. And we need to consider that and we need to utilize that. So as a, you know, you said they were the last line of defense. They're stabbing us in the back and killing us collectively speaking, um, metaphorically speaking. They are, they are really championing the destruction of our republic uh, and the demonization and destruction of certain political sects. Um, so we, the people, are now the last line of defense. Uh, this is our country and our government. The uh, Declaration of Independence, the legal preface that started the whole experiment, as you correctly noted, um, says that, uh, you know, from time to time, we may need to alter or abolish a tyrannical government. And we are certainly in the midst of a tyrannical uh, government operation that's growing more wicked and more brazen uh, by the minute. And it's, it's our responsibility to push back against that. Really, it really is. We, the people, are the last line of defense. Oh, you're absolutely right, John. Uh, you know, I've been pushing for impeachment of these judges because judges can be impeached. And, yes. And, you know, uh, Speaker McCarthy has the power to initiate that. Uh, and and if, if it's staring you in the face, Speaker McCarthy, I'll speak directly to you. Yes, and it sir. looks like a duck and it sounds quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it smells like a duck. It's a duck, sir. It's yes, time sir. to impeach these judges that have violated their oaths to the Constitution of the United States because they have given ground to tyrants and the and, tyrants are in the DOJ. And start with start with A.G. Merrick Garland. Th that 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 needs to be the first impeachment. Uh, really, that really needs to be the first and most aggressive impeachment. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the lies and destruction this man has has led and engineered and inflicted on the American people and on the American experiment. It's it's disgraceful. That is the right place to start. I've been calling for that too. Uh, well, John, thank you very much for uh, joining me today. Uh, the uh, tell the folks where they can now find you and help support you and get, you know, get your word out and those yes. kind of things. Thank you so much. I appreciate the prayers and the support immensely. The most important thing you can do is visit the website and share the story because of course the, the big tech oligarchy 
you know, doesn't like this story and they want to make, you know, they want to disappear it. So the more that you share this, text it, email it, um, post it on social media, do it every day, every week, get this word out there about what's really at stake with the J6 lie and with the weaponization of government and the fact that we, the people are the last line of defense and it's up to us to put pressure to, to turn this tide. So you can find my story at johnstrand.com. Uh, you can support me there in any way that you'd like to. Please subscribe and keep in touch with me. Uh, there's a mailing, a, a newsletter list there at johnstrand.com. And they did digitally assassinate me, but thanks to Elon setting free speech back um, on, on Twitter, I've just been restored on Twitter at johnstrandusa. And you can find me on Twitter there. And of course, on True Social and other um, other social platforms. So please do reach out, keep in touch, um, and really internalize self, what's going on in the country and in the world right now, what God is calling you to, what opportunities that you have to make the hard right choice instead of the easy choice, which eventually becomes really a dangerous choice and leads us down the wrong path. I'm just trying to urge people to one step at a time, make the right choice, even when it's hard. The harder choices to make, the more important it is to make the right one. And uh, so, yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, you're right on target, John. And uh, I certainly appreciate you giving us the time. Uh, we will get this out. Uh, and uh, you're in our prayers. Your family's in our prayers. Everybody involved in this fiasco uh, is in our prayers, including the enemies with, of freedom and liberty, which happen to be in the government now uh, and in the, appear to be in some of the judiciary systems. So God bless you, my friend. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back after you're set free uh, without having to go to prison is what my prayer is, because I think all these charges should be dropped. Yes, sir. We are, we're praying for miracles and for God to... John Strand, ladies and gentlemen, a political prisoner from January 6th. Uh, who is uh, facing 24 years in prison, totally unnecessarily. Uh, these prosecutors and Department of Justice, A.G. Merrick Garland, uh, the political types that are pushing this narrative on both sides of the aisle deserve accountability, and only we the people are going to be able to hold them accountable. So vote for the right folks. This is not a partisan issue. John said it. I said it. We have say it over and over again. This is not a partisan issue. If you are on the left and you vote for somebody that supports these prosecutions and these imprisonments, then you are making the wrong choice because they're on the wrong side of a nonpartisan, purely American values issue. It's time for impeachment, Speaker McCarthy. It's time to start. Let's get it on. Let's get Merrick Garland out of there and then look at these judges. As a matter of fact, John brought up an interesting uh, idea that I'm going to put into action. We're going to start naming these judges publicly. I'm going to make up a list, start doing the research on them, and call my contacts in the press that have been studying this and find out the biggest egregious, egregious actions that they've taken in these trials that have caused people to be found guilty when they shouldn't have even been had the charges uh, held up against them and the charges should have been dismissed anyway. Uh, pray for our country and pray for our country's enemies, which unfortunately includes some of those in government we've talked about and the judiciary system. 
and those that did want to cause violence and do want to cause violence. We don't support it. But I'll tell you what, we're going to protect ourselves. So until next week, God bless you all. I'm Rob Manus.